Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hey everyone, another Baseball America playoff podcast. JJ and Kyle discussing the fact that we have Game 7. We can't extend it any further but we are going to get, for the second year in a row, all the baseball we can and get. And third time in four years. It's been a lot of good World Series these last couple of years. And, I mean, this one deserves a Game 7. I'm, I'm personally thrilled that we are seeing it go to 7. Before we uh, jump into it, we do want to thank you for tuning in and remind you that our podcast is sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. Shop now at Baseballism.com and enter the offer code BASHIP, that's B-A-S-H-I-P, to receive free shipping on your order, visit baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more today. And I do, I agree. I, I am thrilled that we have a Game 7, and this series, it is only fitting that we have a Game 7, because I do think when it's all said and done, almost no matter what happens tonight, but especially because we're going to have this tonight, this has a chance to be one of those seminal World Series. You know, we still talk about much long before you were born, Kyle, but 1975, and what a great series that was. And we talk about 1986, 1991. Yep, you know, I'm, I'm old. Give me one of the from your... You know, I, it's not probably put in as much lore as I think some of the older World Series are because people always look at the far past as being mm-hmm. always greater than the mm-hmm. recent past. Uh, but 2011, with the Cardinals and the Rangers, that was, I mean, it was obviously Game 6, but that entire series was... Pretty spectacular. I think for me in my you know adult lifetime, that was one of the best. 2002 with the Angels and the Giants, as you moved into uh, Game 7 there, you had a huge home run outburst. You had magnificent comebacks in Games 2 and Game 6. Uh, you had superstars all over the field, some young, some old, that were you know some at the tail end of their careers, some at the very beginning. Uh, so I think 2002 and 2011, both of which were seven gamers, are probably the best of my recent memory, of my conscious memory, I should say. But... There's no question. 2017. I think when you combine, hey, these are 200 I, I would win throw teams. 16. I know we're we're not far removed from that yet, but I would throw 16. We went seven. That's fair. We had we had the the, the in series turn multiple times in the right, final. It was a three, was a three one series. I mean, the Cubs had were down three one. Corey Kluber started game five. I mean, they thought they were probably done there. They rallied to win that. They had game seven win. Even some of those Indians wins, which I was at at Wrigley. They rallied a little bit late, so that was very thrilling. But I do feel like this one, the combination of just a lot of the home run outbursts, there there does seem to be a little more oomph to this one. And, well, also the other thing about it is, is that, and we sometimes it's easy to lose this, but we are also talking about two 200-plus win teams, right. two truly great teams. So whoever wins this, and that's not something that I think also does help with this. When we talk about... You know, a lot of times, I mean, maybe that doesn't work in 91 because that Twins team was not an all-time great team by any stretch of imagination. But when we talk about 75, that was the big red machine. When we talk about, you know, when we talk about 2016, we're talking about 
a Cubs team that you look at that, like what they've built, what they've built, and how many wins they had following up on a 97 win season, 98 win season the year before. Nine, yeah, 97. 97. It, it's something where there's gravitas to that. You know, I think we also, by the way, you also have to throw in that Yankees uh, Diamondbacks series. 2000. Oh, yeah, that, that's yeah. to me. Uh, that's yeah. an easy all timer. Yeah, no, easy. That's an easy all timer. But again, part of that also comes from the gravitas of that Yankees team. You had Rivera, you had Jeter, you had all those guys who. Right, they had won to that point in 96, had, 98, 99, 2000. They were going And for then you had a years. Diamondbacks team, basically, with Johnson and Schilling. Um, so you had heft to those series. This Sorry, fifth a, and sixth years it would have been if they had won it. But you're right. right. I mean, there was this is this is this series has heft. And before we get into, we're going to talk about Game Seven because you can't not talk about looking forward to a Game Seven. But before that, Game Six, we had by the standards of this series, what was undoubtedly a pitcher's duel. And when you have Justin Verlander on the mound, that's not shocking to see. And once again. I think the way that you describe Justin Verlander's series is dominant, and it just. But the thing about it is, is he's played in the games that are the low-scoring games, and as such, he's played in the games where one mistake, two mistakes, and all of a sudden, what was a, a, a lead is, is lead. disappears. And part of that is the Dodgers' offense is relentless. And now, obviously, the Astros' <laughs> offense is much more prolific. We've seen that across the board statistically. We've seen that in some of these games. If you get into a slugfest at Advantage Astros. But the Dodgers' offense is a one that we saw throughout the course of the year. They fight. They come back. They're deep one through nine. It seemed very fitting to me that Chris Taylor was the guy who got the go-ahead knock. Uh, you know, for those of you who follow us on, on Twitter and see us on BaseballAmerica.com, I was in Houston for games three, four, five. And post-game five, it was interesting because there was definitely a, a little bit of a sense within the Dodgers clubhouse. It felt like a little bit of a, you know, game two had happened, but you could say, all right, it happened. We can move on from it. Game five, that was a gut punch to have that happen, you know, second time in four days where... You know, you had leads multiple times, and the Astros just kept coming back, coming back, coming back, and there was nothing you could do, it almost felt like, to prevent them from getting their runs. There was a little bit of a sense of, uh, not not defeat, but almost a little bit like, geez, what else do we have to do? And for them to, you know, I think going back home, getting the travel day to reset was huge. They came back, they were down against Justin Verlander, and for them to win, I think that's a testament to the team, their fortitude, their talent, their strength, and... Again, Chris Taylor with the big knock, Corey Seager with the sack fly that almost left the park, and then Jock to finish it. And that Jock Peterson, who was not a slam dunk to be on this rock. He hadn't homered since July 26. He's got three in World Series. I mean, the guy has turned it on, to say the but, least. But also, this is not stunning to me from the standpoint of Jock Peterson is a somewhat streaky hitter. A, a very streaky hitter. I don't even think you have to put the somewhat qualifier on it. And right now, the streak is, in a, it, it is going in the right direction. So... But I, I, the other thing that did strike me though is, is I feel like the if you're if the Astros were going to lose Game Six, this is the way you want to lose Game Six. Not because you want to lose Game Six, but they did so in a way. I mean, we were talking in the office yesterday about the possibility of, do you go Verlander followed by McCullers with the idea being, if you've got the lead, can you just you just want to shut this thing down? You want it to be done. You don't want to go to Game Seven. And the worst scenario would have been to have gone all in on Game 6, lose Game 6, and then go, okay, we're at a disadvantage in Game 7. The Astros, because Verlander worked relatively deep, and because they were trailing, they, they, did, they did use Musgrove, who's 
been uh, effective reliever for them in the World Series compared to a bullpen but, that has but a even, lot of But even with him, he did give up, you know, big home run in game four. Oh, yeah. He's, no, no, one here, which is amazing. Right. You know. But I'm saying he's a guy who they put into games that matter. And, and Luke Gregerson pitched really well. But, you know, Gregerson is, is one who's, I think, even further down that list. And then Francisco Liriano, who had not appeared, and there's is a reason so for that. so far down that list that uh, you know he, he had to have, be directed. You know, this is the way to the mound. You you have not done this in a while. Yes, you can pitch other than just in the bullpen. But the thing with that being, now again, I don't think it matters that Ken, Ken Giles is rested, and I think when to, when tonight is over, Ken Giles will still be rested. But it means that Chris Davinsky is ready and raring to go. It means that Lance McCullers, you, you can go out with Lance McCullers and say, give us what you've got, but you want him going full bore, and you know that behind him, obviously you have everyone, but realistically, I mean, and, that, and I'm saying what that is, is I don't think we'll see Verlander. I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, Charlie Morton will be available. But Charlie Morton's Dallas available. Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel's available. So they are going to be able to throw pretty much whoever they need to at this. Now, the Dodgers are in the same situation. They're going to be able to throw everyone at it. But I would I would know going in, Kelly Jansen may have three outs in him. But after going two innings the night before and having looked signs of he was better last night, but having looked really worn out throughout most of this series, I don't even know if you're I, – <laughs> I don't – what I'm trying to figure out is, I know Clayton Kershaw is going to play a large role for the Dodgers. See, for me, the first guy to go to is actually Alex Wood. I mean, that's the guy who has pitched really effectively in the World Series. If Darvish runs into trouble, to me, that's your first guy out of the pen is Alex Wood. Oh, I think it's going to be anyway because what, what, what's funny to me is, is, for all this, if I was the Dodgers, and I know they're not going to do this, I would actually start Alex Wood. Because when they start Alex Wood, if you start the lefty, what you do then is the Astros have consistently set it up where you've generally got this mass of right-handed hitters all together. So if you start Wood and he goes for, again, I'm talking three, because I think you're breaking this one into chunks, but he goes through the second time through the lineup when he hits that point, you know, when you know that thing's coming, that's kind of the, the point where you go... Darvish, and then you go back to the, you know, I, I mean, I do, I do think you're going to go lefty back to righty. It doesn't matter which way you do it, but I do think one of the key things for the Dodgers tonight is they're going to go lefties to righty to lefty. And I like doing that with this. I mean, look, Darvish is going to start, and to be completely honest, it's all going to be moot if he doesn't go out and pitch Barrett and he did his No, 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 no. Like when you say that, I don't. He, if, he, if, he, if, he, if he puts them in a, another 4 5 nothing there, hole. He won't get the chance. There is no scenario if he allows the first three base runners on, he won't pitch to the fifth batter of the game. Of the game. I mean, what I'm saying on this is it's game seven. You are, if he throws four balls to the first batter and he doesn't have a slider, by the second batter there is someone up in that pen who's getting ready. I mean, you are, there is no scenario to me where you, you Darvish's leash for tonight, how much he room he has to get in trouble is microscopic. And, and it should be. I right. Think and be... again, now the thing about that is, is that's going to be a reliever. You are then going to say, we are going to figure out a way. That's going to be a Singrani or a Watson or whoever you need to. Then you get some length out of Alex Wood. And then you say, we'll be fine. I know we've attacked our bullpen, but if Alex Wood needs to give us four, he'll give us four. Once Clayton Kershaw comes in that game, 
I don't know if Clayton Kershaw's leaving that game unless he's ineffective. Well, look, at the end of the day, all this is a lot simpler if their pitchers go out and pitch well. I mean, I think a lot of this is going to be a matter of adapting to the situation on the ground, and that's why I sort of hesitate when, you know, it's really funny to me, people, after seeing starters dominate all series, and then yesterday there is a bullpen game, it's like, mm-hmm. bullpenning works. It's like, guys, there's games no, the starters where you start, dominate the series. There, no, there have been individual starts been throughout individual the postseason. That's what I'm saying. The right. point is, but, to say there's this grand rule of, Bullpenning always works. There's struggles. It's just about who's pitching well, whose stuff but is working with, that day. I will say with that also, though, for any of this, results of one game mean nothing when you talk about grand strategy. Like when someone says bullpenning works because of last night, no, it worked last night. Right. That's my but, point. There's no. There's but all at the same time, if you say rules. that, you also can't say. I mean, there is. We've talked about this all through the playoffs that. How much of this, like the bullpen's imploding, is that they're getting used so much? Now, the one thing that's a, a counter argument that is, is that the one team who shouldn't be having a bullpen that is absolutely gassed is the Dodgers. Because, yes, I know Brandon Morrow's getting up and him throwing three days in a row was crazy. And the fact that he could go seven for seven on the Joining uh, Daryl Knowles, yes. the only pitchers to throw all seven games potentially. But that being said, the Dodgers had more rest in the postseason than anybody because they're the one team that kind of cruised through this until but, the World you know, Series. It goes back to you can have all the rest you want. If you're still up and throwing six times in eight days, you're gonna be tired. You can have you, you can be you be, can yeah. you can be off for two weeks beforehand. If you are ramping up and throwing that much, you're gonna be tired. That's just the nature of pitching and the and human body. I, I do think though, for me, the fact that the Dodgers were able to go out and have you know, obviously they they had to mix and match a little bit, but once they got that lead, it was it was fairly clean. I mean, they had used Jansen for two innings, but his innings were clean. But I'll say this: that was the thing that was surprising to me was this. I said it, and I was wrong. I did not know how they were going to get four and a third because, again, just looking at it, more that meant you had to go to Moro. That meant you went to Maeda, who has pitched great, but I do worry also Kenta. This is a new role. This is not normal for him. Like, he is basically just picked up, you know... This Going out and pitching an inning and a third or two innings every other day-ish, or in some cases, back-to-back days. It's, is new. It, yes, no question about it. I, I do think that it'll be interesting to me to see if you Darvish can deliver the type of start the Dodgers... You know, we saw him deliver earlier in the postseason. They acquired him to deliver because, look... That's still the easiest path to victory. If you Darvish comes out and pitches like he can, right. and let's say he does pitches like he can, how many innings do you think he goes? I give him a full six. I think he goes five if he pitches great. I think that's it. Some of it, some of it will depend on where you are in the lineup. There, right. Again, there are situations taken to account, but I think I think, speaking, I think I think he I think my guess is nineteen to twenty batters is the maximum he'll face. Again, I. Again, to me, it's a lot if of it's gonna, a lot of it's going to depend on how he's going, how many pitches, I, I, how many. If he's pitches. pitching well, Again, my prediction is is when Bregman comes up for the third time, he won't be in the game. I think that's the fine. Well, if to me, if he's at five innings, seventy four pitches, and it's been five innings, three hits, one run, you let him keep going. I see, and I don't think they will. I don't think they, and I don't. I'm not saying it's wrong because, again, to me, they may, they might not do it. Right. But well, my prediction is, is that that's what I'm saying is, is I think that when Alex Bregman bats the third time, and you know, that's the point where they're going to say, okay, we're going to bring in, you know, we're we're at this point, 
We're turning it over. Because again, tonight, I do think that there is a certain part of, and look, we talked about this on the podcast, uh, you know, uh, Monday, that and he may fail at it. But the reality of it is, is that I think Clayton Kershaw plays a, the fact that he didn't have to pitch last night, he plays a large role for the Dodgers in this. And if you're Clayton Kershaw, this is your opportunity to be Madison Bumgarner. Like, I mean, again, you know, the reality of this is that if he goes out there, and again, it may not be coming right in after Darvish, but if, if Darvish pitches well, the game's close, and then he comes in and say the fifth or the sixth, I, I would be, that's the way to me, if he's pitching well, that you say, nope, he's better than anyone we've got in the pen, and we're going to get 9 to 12 outs out of him, which I don't think is crazy considering he's, you know, he's coming on, he has enough rest that that's, this is less crazy than what he did last year against the Nationals. That's fair. I, I again, I think a lot of it is going to come down to looking and seeing, okay, what's the situation in the game? Where are we in the lineup? Because... Again, I do trust Alex Wood to come in there, a, fr- a fresh, freshly rested Alex Wood to come in there and do that long roll, and then if you wanted to bring Kershaw in for the two-inning stint as opposed to the four-inning stint. I, again, there's so many variables here because, again, you talk about Game 7, short leashes. It's going to be matching up like crazy. I do feel like, at the end of the day, we're still going to come down to, because we've seen it throughout the series that, offenses that come through with that big hit of that big moment because we've had games where the pitching has been great and runs have been stymied we've had games where we've seen these massive offensive explosions but still comes down to who gets the clutch hit at the right time and especially with the Astros I mean this is an offense that when it's clicking they're not losing but those games where they've not gotten you know really untracked at any point the Astros don't can't really win those one nothing two one three one games they need to get to that five, six, seven, especially with how bad their bullpen is. And that's the thing. The other question I was going to ask with that is, is okay, let's say, let's say that we get to the seventh and the Astros are leading 2-1, hypothetically. Who pitches the eighth? Who pitches the ninth? It, dep- the it depends if Dallas Keuchel's been used or not. And if he has, then I, again, you're going to have to talk to Justin Berlin and see how his arm feels, but I don't think he's going to say no. I mean, I learned put it this way. I, I do... Chris Davinsky hasn't been locked down, obviously. I still trust him. Right. I would, if, say, you know, McCullers gives you a good chunk of change, I would probably still go Peacock, Davinsky. I would not get Ken Giles anywhere near this game. <laughs> anywhere near it. Um, How you know. many innings? Okay, that's a flip. I'll ask that question instead. How many innings does this game have to go? 15. I mean, because you're going to use Peacock for multiple, you'd use Keiko for multiple, you'd probably use Verlander for multiple, not to mention you're going to use Davinsky. I mean... Musgrove. I, yeah, I don't see... Gregerson. Like, Gregerson, definitely. I mean, I, you know, again, I think Joe Musgrove, we've talked about, has done some reliable things, but he's also served up home runs in you know two of his last three outings. I still think you'll see the starters go more than you will the true relievers go in this game for the Astros, aside from Chris Davinsky. I mean that's that's probably true. You know, I it's, mean Morton, Peacock, Keiko, those guys are all guys you're gonna trust to get outs more than some of the other guys they've been throwing out there, no question. Now the one thing again that we talk about with that is just, and this is where there's gonna be a lot of planning. I, I I like that was an insight someone said about AJ Hinch that he likes to plan a lot of this out before the game he begins. He talked about uh, at two PM yeah. is when he likes to so he can take the emotion out of it. He has and, it already lined up. But the thing that stands out with that is is that 
when you are relying on starters, not relievers, generally the one difference of that is, is that there are some guys, and the Astros have a little bench. Lance McCullers, who's starting it, so it doesn't help him, but Lance McCullers generally came in clean innings, but at least he has experience coming in relief because the tandem starter system that the uh, Astros used in the minor leagues he came up. Although it is fair to point out, every single game he's pitched in the major leagues, which is now three years, he's started every single one. Nope. Well, not, well, now, not now. No, 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 sorry, let me rephrase. Regular season. Regular season. Post-season. But, I'm yes, saying, but he, he does show have game experience. Seven, yes. He has had experience of what, you know, like, yes, of, of, of coming into a game where he doesn't know roughly when he's going to start. Like, when the game begins, he knows he's going to pitch, well, but, again, but he doesn't know. It's but not, sometimes it's he's, like, starting, he's starting tonight, so it doesn't really. No, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. But he, yes, but he's got that experience. But what I'm saying is, is that generally starters want to come in to start an inning. Yes. And that's where this gets a little bit more complicated is we've seen in this series, especially Game 7, in a game where literally any one swing with no one on could be a run. And any five-pitch sequence where a guy reaches and then the next guy comes up could all of a sudden be a massive swing. You're going to have bullpens, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys getting up and down in this game, but the thing that's going to be tough for both managers is if you're relying on a lot of starters, you probably, in most cases, want to bring those guys in to start innings, not in the middle of them, in trouble. And, again, and that's think, where it's going to get really fast. And again, I think it's obviously preferable, but again, especially in a Game 7 type situation, you do oh. need to be adaptable on the ground. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, the planning out, It obviously, when you're talking about Okay, over the course of not even thinking in the context of 162 games, but hey, we've got you know this nine-game and ten-day stretch. I want to try and get some things lined up and planned out just so we can avoid some burnout. Like, yeah, that's fine. Game seven, you're gonna have to be adaptable. You're oh, gonna I'm have not, to. I'm not saying, but I'm saying, but but I do think as you're, as these managers map this out, I think one of the things that goes with that is is that because they actually tonight because of this, you actually have. You have more quality arms than you. Your the, the calculuses that you are doing before this game ever begins, and that's why I predict the Darvish 19, 20 batters is probably his limit. Is the calculus you have is to me is that tonight if you're the Dodgers, you would rather get 18, 17, 18 excellent batters out of Darvish because you have more guys than you have outs. Because it again, like you said. You have Alex Wood in a situation where if he's pitching well, it is not crazy in any way to say, okay, let's say Darvish gives you 18, that Alex Wood, okay, are you saying six or nine? Which, that's not taxing him at all, I would say, in this scenario. Well, at that point, you know, and we're not talking outs, we're talking batters, but if if, if Alex Wood's gotten you through 27 batters in the game and you haven't used Kershaw yet, you know, well... You're in a good position. You're not even in a good position, but again, I do go back to I could see you Darvish pitching well, and then still say that was a great three or four. You you know, and now we're handing it over because you have more pitchers than you have outs, and you're saying we will deal with the tenth and on if we need to, you know, at that point. But you're thinking again, also the ability that they have to go right left. They've got righties and lefties. That to me, again, I do. I think the Dodgers, I guess what I'm talking to myself is, is I'm rationalizing myself, is, is I think the Dodgers are in a better spot for this for a team that used the bullpen for four and a third yesterday than I would expect them to be. No question. It's going to be really, really interesting to me as well just to kind of see 
you know, one of the things to take in consideration is because you're in the National League Park, a lot of times the double switching gets going earlier, mm-hmm. the more and more you're pulling guys. And, you know, last night, obviously, it kind of worked out. The Dodgers pinned Chase out. They, who had been a weak link offensively and defensively throughout Law's postseason, there is a visible downturn in productivity when Logan Forsyth was coming out of the games and Chase Utley was coming in. Naturally, he goes in and makes a really nice defensive stab and, you know, is able to have a good at-bat where he, you know, gets on base. And I, I do think that for the Dodgers, potentially a little bit of an advantage because all of a sudden if you start mixing and matching and pulling guys here and there and all of a sudden the Astros are starting to yank guys out of their lineup just to fill in some of those double switches, it, that to me is going to be an interesting subplot because by the end saying, okay, who's still in the lineup by inning nine? And are you two or three batters short of guys who normally be, you know, your main contributors in this spot? That to me is an interesting subplot here with all the expected pitching right. changes. No, that is a good point. Like now, you do look at it and you say, okay. I mean, the thing that both these teams have is, and you're right. Like again, it comes. Down are we going to see Juan Centennial complete all 50 World Series? Come in. But you do look at it and you say, okay. Like look for the Dodgers, they have. And they also have, the, the Astros have some versatility, but the, the Dodgers also have massive versatility in that you, whoever you start pulling and, you know, double switching, you've got, you've got, uh, you've got, you know, Kike Hernandez, you've got Chris Taylor, you've got... Guys you know, who play shortstop and center field. It's right. Unquote, right. It's not just, oh, this guy's right fielder, he can go to left. You, there's a the, little bit of... But I'm not that the Astros, the Astros have Marlon Gonzalez, but the thing about it is, is with Marlon Gonzalez, really... As versatile as he is, the part of the problem with that is, is a lot of the positions that he's versatile enough to play are ones that are not options because you're not pulling Curry off short. You're, you're not, not pulling pull, Curry off short. You're not pulling Gurriel off first. You know, you're not pulling Altuve off second, and you're not pulling Bregman off third. So Marlon Gonzalez can play a lot of positions. It doesn't help you tonight, and that's where really what you're coming down to is that that's where the Astros. Not that it's a they can they have enough pinch hitters that there is a part of me that says if you've got a pitcher in there. Who you're not planning to get many more outs out of? Okay, well you can just pinch hit. Right. But if you do get a double switching, really it is, it is catcher, and I don't think they really want to do a lot there. But catcher, left field, and moving spring around the outfield wherever you need to. You you know you could, but Beltron's only going to pinch hit today. Right. That's a part of it is look at some of the Dodgers the way they light up. They have guys who are viable pinch hitters who can also play defense. A lot of times the Astros. Right. Evan Gass and Carlos Beltran can absolutely hit. Gas can catch, obviously, but I think but they're not, they're, I, defensively but they're, they're not doing a ton for you. And we've seen, you know, Derek Fisher's this really nice young player, but he's a pinch runner in this series. He's not or defensive. Oh, one thing I'll say defensive, also is potential but, defense replacement. But no question. Again, but it's not that okay. We can stick this guy in the lineup and I have to worry about one side of the ball. With him. By the way, one thing I'll remind with that is is that but the crazy things happen. It, it wouldn't be stunning if somehow we do end up in a scenario. I don't think Juan Cetano is going to come up right. in a key Derek, situation. Derek Fisher game winning home run. He's a good enough player. It's just oh, it wouldn't, in the in but, the in the context of the postseason and but first do remember, like I mean, but we these scenarios happen. We've had Christian Colon come up in a key situation. You know, like yeah. be, uh, once guys start getting pulled, all of a sudden it does become you know a little crazy. Now the thing that that does stand out with the Dodgers though is is that. But who for the Dodgers comes in and basically, because you can't even say that Charlie Culberson at this point is someone who you go, oh, you can't let him bat. Their bench, pretty much everyone on their bench, if they come up, it's like, no, they've come through at some point recently. Now, 
again, if you're playing the percentages, you don't want Charlie Culberson coming up in a key situation, but he's coming up and he's playing with some uh, with some confidence that I, I don't. Uh, considering some of the other guys that have come, I wouldn't. I don't mind him at all. I mean, this is a guy who we just saw him. You know, hit a couple home runs. He's hit a home run in the World Series already. He's he's a good little ball player. And again, that's Started the thing that's, the entire NLCS. And so that is, if you say where's an advantage for the Dodgers, I do see where that could be an advantage for the Dodgers from the standpoint that for the Astros, you probably don't want Derek Fisher. Good player, but they have not seen comfortable with him hitting in this uh, World Series. They haven't really needed to. Cameron may have been okay, but you really probably want him more, you know, you, you do not want him double switching into he is coming up to be the key at bat for you in a uh, in a late inning situation. And again, it makes sense because that I mean, the National League team would have a stronger, more versatile, diverse array of bench options. That's just the way the game is and how good teams in each and league are built. And this is the home field advantage. I mean, right. that really, that when, they, it, when that it's all said and done, they earned it. And so here we are that they get this little advantage, this minor advantage, but it's an advantage for Game 7. So here's the real question. Who you got? Dodgers? I think Dodgers, even though I think that... I, I'm going to say Dodgers. Yes, Dodgers. You went Astros in seven when the series I know, began. I know. You know what? <laughs> I am going to stick with... I'll stick with my original pick. Astros, okay. I said Astros in seven, so I should stay with that. Astros in seven. I think it is a coin flip tonight, but I'm going to say Astros in seven. Again, you know, I picked Dodgers in six when we started. I am going to stick Wrong! With, yeah, no question. But I'm not a seer. If I if I could predict the future, uh, this isn't the business... Well, say we do... We do you predict do, a little bit of prospects, but I would, I would, I would be Vegas. right. I'd be in casinos, not in newsrooms. Um, I do feel like I, I am going to stick with the Dodgers. Just talk about some of those little advantages, you know, being able to have a couple more arms, you know, possibly come out of the bullpen, have a little bit more depth on the bench once you really start getting into the late innings and we start seeing some of those double switches. I, I do give the edge to the Dodgers, and you know. I'm the West Coast guy. I gotta, I gotta, you know, <laughs> represent the West Coast here in the office. Um, so I, I am gonna pick the Dodgers. But again, it's a coin flip game, right? That no one in any way, shape, or form should be shocked if the Astros come out and you know crush it. I mean, this is an Astros offense that at any time we've seen it can explode and turn a game into a rout really fast, or come back from a deficit. Uh, again, I'm picking the Dodgers. But if you were to ask me, like, the confidence level, it's like 51-49, 52-48. It's not a massive, massive gap. The one thing I will say is, is what I hope more than anything is I want this game to stay close. The worst thing that would be frustrating is we've gotten to this game seven. And, man, it would be disappointing if someone really – now, again, even if someone jumps – if someone jumps out to a 5-0 lead in this game, do not – and I think that if you're listening to this, you're smart enough to know this. Don't turn off the TV <laughs> because we've seen, again, okay, we've got a 4-0 lead. Clayton Kershaw's on the mound. We should be pretty good. And then we oh, got a 7-4 lead. We should be pretty good. And no, you were not. But but again, but I do hope, I don't want this game to get to the 8th. And, and you say, okay, we know who's going to win. I will say one consideration that uh, we saw a little bit of it last night, but it's now cold at Dodger Stadium. Ball's not flying as much. I mean, I Still don't. Still did get Jock Oppo. Right, know? but I mean, he really tattooed that one too. That was not a cheap one. Um, so I think combination of obviously it was extraordinarily warm in Los Angeles last week. The balls were flying a little more. Houston, um, that short left field, 
definitely will uh, create some home runs where there might not have been any before. Although there were some bombs that were pretty legit. Uh, Dodgers game tonight, we saw last night a little bit. We're going to see again tonight. I think we're at less, I don't want to say risk is the wrong word, but we're less likely to see that 8-7, 13-12 type game. I think we are going to see something more in the middle range of it. You know, if it's 2-1, I you have to give it the edge to the Dodgers. If it's 5-4, it gets a you know a little, a little dicier, but I still think any game where runs are suppressed, you do give the edge to the Dodgers a little bit. So we we will be talking about it tomorrow. It will we'll be dealing with the fact that uh, the Major League Baseball season is over for the year. You know, so which I know you're getting ready to head out to uh, Arizona. So yeah, you know, so wrapping up big leagues and then uh, back on to uh, the prospect trail. Which, by the way, if you haven't been checking out the Baseball America prospect report every day, there seems like there's a Braves highlight in it every day because Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, and uh, Alex Jackson. And Max Freed doing really well out Right, there. it's one of those things where it's not like, oh, we just pay attention to the Braves. We're looking at everyone. It's just day in and day out. Right, right now, if and, you and, look at the leaderboard in in the AFL, it's a lot of pretty much... And, and again, this is the number one farm system in the game. And what makes a team a number one farm system is it generally has the best players. And the Braves have a lot of really, really, really good young players. And that's the thing that stands out. We'll obviously be talking about that more in the not-so-distant future, but uh, but today we are talking playoffs. We do want to thank you for tuning in, and we do want to remind you that our Baseball America podcast is sponsored by Baseballism. Don't forget to shop now at Baseballism.com and enter the offer code BASHIP, that's V-A-S-H-I-P, to receive free shipping on your order. Visit Baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more today. For Kyle, I'm JJ. We will talk to you tomorrow. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.